0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.
1: Good morning and welcome to episode 70 of Go To Grandma, or one that I'm calling Wordsworth. My name is Kathy Buckworth, and I am your Go To Grandma. If this is your first time joining us, you are in for a word-filled treat. If you're a regular listener, thank you so much for coming back. This is a fun one. I am a crossword puzzle freak. No, like really. I do at least one a day, sometimes more than that. I know all the weird crossword words like oleo for margarine and using the word err for mistake and mar for error. But I recently came across a crossword book that quickly became my favorite. And I discovered that the creator, Gwen Shogren, had written 18 others. I talk with Gwen today and what makes her crosswords so unique. Plus, get into the details of how she actually creates them. She's Canada's preeminent crossword puzzler with over 1,300 puzzles in her series of books. Crosswords are something you won't hear exchanged between granddaughter Kim Merstein and her grandma, Gail. The two of them make up the hilarious podcast, Excuse My Grandma. Kim and Gail live in New York City, but their chats about a grandma's perspective on life, love, and dating, especially dating, and looking for a husband, will resonate with you no matter where you live. I'm sure their 300,000 TikTok followers would agree. Not all young people agree with their grandparents all the time, but we can all agree that understanding finances is so important no matter what age you are. Our Take 5 with RBC series continues today with a look at Canadian youth and their finances. A recent RBC poll shows that younger Canadians know more about and are more confident about their finances than their parents and grandparents think. I'm confident I will need another coffee right now and that you will all be here when we get back. Crossword Queen Gwen Shogren is up first. Gwen Shogren has been designing crosswords for almost 20 years, focusing on witty wordplay, fun, and Canadiana. She's currently working on her 19th collection. Her new book, O Canada Crosswords 23, is available in bookstores and online. Good morning, Gwen. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Kathy. I'm very excited to have you on this show. I am a huge Crossword fan, and I got a copy of your book, your latest book, Canada Crosswords Book 23, and I I want to say I've done almost all of them, but I've at least attempted all of them. How's that? Oh, that's Good. <laughs> We always like to have a challenge for people. It's honestly my favorite crossword book because of the Canadian aspect of it. How important is it to you to work in that Canadian aspect?
2: Well, I quite often say that's probably the biggest reason I'm still in the crossword business. Years ago when I started, I was initially having puzzles published down in the United States. And people said to me, why aren't you publishing puzzles in Canada? And the answer to that was there was really nowhere to put them up here. There was no, you know, crossword Mm -hmm. magazines or anything like that. So I just took the plunge one day and threw together a manuscript and very fortunately got a publisher. So 18 books later, here I am.
1: Amazing. And you're working on book 19, I think. Crosswords have been around for over 100 years. What do you think is the secret to their staying power?
2: Well... Obviously, that's something I think about quite a lot. I think in the beginning, it was uh, an interesting new form of entertainment. It was a way to improve your vocabulary, and it was something different because, like, way back in 1913, you didn't have TV, you hardly had movies, you didn't hardly have radio unless you could afford to buy a radio, so it was something new and different. And over time, I think people just really liked all the aspects that crosswords bring to you on a personal level. Like I always hope that they're fun. I hope that you're learning something. It's a vocabulary improver. I think as, as we've gone along and past years it's about brain gym you know testing your memory with a lot of things even for me when I'm designing the puzzles it's like oh gosh who I've got the word k-e-r-r in a grid let's say and I'm like who was that woman <laughs> on the beach with Bert Lancaster gosh darn it what was her name so I just think that they just bring a lot of things maybe they teach you some patience as well yep. but I always hope my goals are that you have fun it relieves stress and maybe you learned something.
1: It does for me, and it's nice escape from looking at screens all day. I love sitting down with uh, your book or a paper crossword. You mentioned before you had you know a four letter word. You know, cur. Where can I put this? What comes first for you, the clue or the word, or it is it a bit of both?
2: Well, that's a complex question. And it depends egg. on the type of puzzle. Okay. If the puzzle has a theme, I have to think of the theme words, and I have to get the right number of letters in each one to fit them in the grid. So then I'll fit the theme words in, and because I use software to help me, once I get the theme words in the grid, I can just push a button, and if I'm lucky, before I can blink my eyes, the rest of the words in the grid will fill in. Oh, cool. Right? but. The blink of an eye situation rarely happens, <laughs> just because, again, I'm trying to get into Canadiana, I'm trying to get into themes. So quite often, it's an adventure of moving black squares and moving words around to get the grid to fill with the rest of the letters. So always sort of the answers come first, and then we get to the fun part, which is going back and writing the clues.
1: Interesting.
2: If a puzzle doesn't have a theme, I can literally just pick a grid, click a button, and all the words will come in. But as I say, because I'm always, I usually, I call it, I seed the grids with a lot of Canadiana.
1: I love it. right? I love it. Yeah.
2: So that's what we do.
1: So, you know, sometimes people think, well, crosswords is a solitary activity, something I do when I'm on my own. Would you agree with that?
2: I think that's kind of changed up and down over time. Like way back in the early days, I understand that In the United States, they actually had crossword clubs in the large cities, and it was a very social activity. And then I think over time, yeah, I got my newspaper every day. I sat and did the crossword, you know. But I've certainly learned in the 20 years I've been doing this, people constantly tell me, oh, we have a crossword book on the table at the cabin. My partner and I sit at the dinner table after dinner and work together, even, I say, with grandchildren, Mm -hmm. you know. Like, one of the great challenges of clueing the puzzles is, you know, I'm generally directed towards an older audience, Mm -hmm. generally, right? But I've had experiences where I hear, you know, people will sit down with their grandkid, and yeah, the grandkid's not going to be able to solve the whole thing, but the grandkid might know some of the more current, say, pop culture references, right? Mm -hmm. Where they probably wouldn't know Deborah Kerr on the (laughs) beach with Burt Lancaster, but probably they're going to know, you know, who is Drake, you know, all Mm -hmm. these current people. And I don't want to be prejudicial and say an older person isn't going to know that. Right. But this has been one of, for me, one of the big learning curves is how many people actually do solve crosswords together because everybody brings a different level of knowledge.
1: I do. I definitely do. I ask my Gen Z kids, you know, for sometimes some help on the clues, as you're mentioning, and my husband for other ones who's a history buff. So I agree with you. It sort of starts a fun conversation. Hmm. So, Gwen, are you a lover of crosswords yourself? Did you do them before you started doing this? And if so, how young were you when you started solving crosswords? Oh, yes,
2: yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes I've yes, always yes. been, I hate to classify, but I've always been a word person. Mm-hmm. And my early memories of crosswords, that the big day of my week was Thursday afternoon, because the TV guide delivery fella came <laughs> on Thursday afternoons and brought the TV guide. And there was always a crossword puzzle in there. And actually, speaking of solving with other people, a friend and I used to get on the phone, and we would have been, you know, 8, 9, 10 kind of age, and we'd go back and forth. And I think I knew this was my destiny, because one time we got into an argument, because the clue was about, you know, the Star of Green Acres. Gabor. Uh And I said it was Eva, E-V-A. And my friend was adamant. No, no, it's Ava, A-V-A. And I'm like, no, 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 that's Ava Gardner. That's the Barefoot (laughs) Contessa lady. So yeah, it started very early for me. And then I solved for years. And frankly, when I got into the motherhood stage of my life, and I was, you know, left my career and stayed Mm -hmm. home with my kids. And it's like, I need to do something for my brain, <laughs> and it's actually kind of a funny story. But whenever I would go to a you know a jumble sale or a church sale or whatever, I'd head for the book table, right? Because I also like to read. And one time I went to the sale, and the first thing I saw on the table was a box of crossword design software. Interesting. So I sort of thought, okay, That's this it. is a sign that perhaps I should pursue this. And as I said, I did some in the States and then was very fortunate to find a publisher here in Canada.
1: Well, we're glad that you did. And it's like the, you know, it's a precursor to all the trivia games, isn't it? It's the ultimate sort of trivia game you can play on paper with your by yourself here, which I love. And if people want to get this book for Christmas, we're just in time to promote that. It's Canada Crosswords Book 23, and your name is Gwen Shogren, and it's spelled S-J-O-G-R-E-N. And again, one of my favorite Crossword books, and I've just ordered another one of yours because I can't put these down. So thank you so much for being on the show. No,
2: thank you. Well, I'm working on the next one. And I just do want to say it's actually called O Canada
1: Crosswords. Thank you. O Canada Crosswords.
2: And I can tell you the book has 10,839 clues, so it'll (laughs) keep you busy for a while.
1: Thank you so much for this, Gwen. Really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Bye-bye, Kathy. Bye. Excuse My Grandma has 302,000 followers and 8.8 million likes on TikTok, plus 135,000 followers on Instagram. Kim and her grandma, Gail, talk about the generational differences of dating, fashion, and pop culture topics. They also host the Excuse My Grandma podcast, which is consistently in the top 25 on the Apple podcast charts. On their podcast, they talk about the generational differences of dating, sex, and relationships from the 1950s to today. Good morning, Kim and Gail. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure. I had to have you on with your show called Excuse My Grandma since my show is called Go To Grandma. So I am, of course, about all things grammar related. And I love your show and your conversations, your podcast and your conversations about, mm, is it mostly dating? Tell me, Kim. It's looks mo-
3: the generational differences of dating and relationships, but we really expanded to all things lifestyle and just our relationship dynamic in general, which a lot of people
1: seem to relate to. I really relate to it. I think you guys have such a fantastic rapport and relationship and the differences between sort of maybe Gail, what you were experiencing and now relaying that advice to your granddaughter. What do you love about sharing that with everybody?
4: Well we're just we're trying to help people work through the uh, troubles of, of dating today and the, and the trials and tribulations of family issues and how we see them from my generation, from the 50s and 60s, and how we dealt with it and how uh, young people today are dealing with it in the uh, in 2022. So it's really, you know, if we can help each other out and learn from each other, that's what we're really doing.
1: Yeah, and I love that you have these conversations. They're so natural, obviously, and, and you talk about things that are on your mind. How did it, the idea to turn it into a podcast start
3: so i had moved in temporarily with my grandparents during the pandemic and i was in new york city at the time at which was really shut down and florida where they were was a lot more happening so i was like okay i'll go down and i'll stay with them for a bit And I was safely going on dates, and my grandma was offering her two cents about everything, and I obviously had to explain to her these are what dating apps look like. This is what (laughs) ghosting means. That's such a huge part of what it is to date today. And we realized all of these differences and how we can have all these conversations and teach each other, so we started our podcast. I was working in media as a journalist at the time, so it wasn't a huge jump there. And, uh, yeah, it became popular within our community. And then once we started on TikTok and Instagram, that kind of gave us a larger audience for that in the podcast as well. And we just continued to grow.
1: Yeah. And you're absolutely right. You can find you on TikTok as well. You're everywhere. And sharing all of this information, why do you think it's so important for the generations to understand each other?
4: Well, because I think in many cases, you live close to one another, your family, you want to understand points of view that might not be the same as yours. And I think it is an, an, uh, an important issue that young people can learn from older people. And older people can definitely learn from the new values that younger people have adopted. And uh, it's a sharing, which is important for us to learn how to live together in harmony. Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes, you know, I
3: find it relatable when I talk about this. And when I hear people talk about this, of their parents or grandparents say, when are you getting married? You're (laughs) almost 30 or, you know, and times are changing. And it's hard to just say that to someone. And when you're kind of listening to our podcast and hearing it from a general perspective that maybe is less personal than your own daughter or son telling you that, I think that could be helpful to to kind of see how the times are changing.
1: Oh, I totally agree with that. Getting that sort of outsider objective opinion. And, and you're always sharing advice sort of back and forth. A lot of the times, Grandma Gail, you're giving advice to Kim. And one of the ones I loved was don't have too much wine or don't have more than one glass of wine because he might not be that great. You're just having a lot of fun. Is that how that piece of advice went?
4: Well, we talk about <laughs> drinking all the time. Yeah. We actually <laughs> just did something now on uh, on holiday drinking. Right. You know, I just feel that the reliance on too much alcohol to be fun is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's usually uh, the opposite effect. And I want young people to understand that so much of the drinking leads to bad behavior, uh, especially if you're not careful. So uh, we're know, not
1: sober, you know, we're not <laughs>
4: sober, but it's not to overindulge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everything in moderation oh, right, is the key. Exactly. So I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here, Uh, Kim. Is there a piece of advice that you got from your grandma that you're like, "Mm, I really don't think so? I wouldn't call it the worst piece of advice, but maybe something where you you were really that was not going to work for you.
3: Oh, something we don't agree on. Yeah, I think that uh, that's easier question for me to answer. I think that when she says. Oh, continue to give somebody a million tries. I think we've kind of met in the middle there. At first, when I first started, you know, dating years ago, I feel like I was like, after one date, no, we didn't have the spark, forget it. I'm just gonna go on to the next. I think I've taken a little bit of her mindset of, okay, you owe somebody, or not owe somebody, but like, you don't get to know somebody. You owe yourself at least two or three dates with the person. But after that, I really need to cap it. She would say, "Go on twenty, you know, get to, and and do that with multiple people at once until you kind of realize, okay, this is a good person. We we really know each other well, and I think that kind of leads someone on, and I, you should feel a little bit more confident in the relationship um, before twenty dates."
1: And Gail, has there been anyone where you've had to say to Kim, mm, "Not this one." <laughs>
4: Oh, yes. Many a time. I, you know, there are a lot of them that I don't approve of. And I ended up being right. <laughs> yes. But, you know, <laughs> sometimes you have to be a little older to see the narcissists that are walking around today. And, and you don't want that for your, for your grandchildren. And uh, whether it be a young man or a young woman, they're not always great people out there and not always looking out for your best interests. So you have to cut it short and uh, say goodbye. And sometimes it hurts to say goodbye.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, Gail, Kim alluded to this earlier um, about dating apps. What's your feeling on dating apps? Have they been better, do you think, for women or not? You
4: know what? I don't know that much about dating apps, even though okay. we talk about it all the time. Kim says that's the way people date today. I still like the fix-up. Uh, but those don't always work either. So whichever works for, for the individual works for me. I, I, you know, I wouldn't be negative on either uh, on any of the dating apps. I Never, of course, dating apps weren't even around when I was dating, so in the prehistoric times. But, you know, if, if you get good experiences and you can somehow check them out prior to meeting them in person, then then go for it.
1: And Kim, I love that you have such a close relationship with your grandma. I think it's wonderful. My grandsons are very young, only three and one right now, so I don't have that, but I aspire to that. How important is it to you to have this strong relationship with your grandma?
3: so important. I mean, we've always been very, very close since I was born. We were actually looking at baby pictures the other day and she was like, I bought you that outfit. I bought you that outfit. So we've always had this relationship. I don't take it for granted, especially since starting Excuse My Grandma and seeing all the comments and DMs that I get of people saying, you know, really um, treasure this time. And I have a similar relationship with my grandma or I used to. And, no, I'm very lucky and I'm really happy that we were able to, like, On our relationship and start working together as well. It's Grandma Gail's first job, and I hope she has
4: been a good (laughs) boss. She's my boss, so she's she's been very good.
1: I love it. Well, you guys are a delight to listen to and to watch on your social media, your website, excusemygrandma.com, of course on TikTok and Instagram, YouTube, and the podcast itself. And so inspiring for, you know, grandkids and grandparents to have this wonderful relationship. Thanks so much for coming onto the show today.
4: Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
1: That's why we're doing it. Thank you. Take care. Feeling misunderstood as a generation is nothing new, as I'm sure many of you listening today would agree. And for today's young adults, one of the biggest misunderstandings of all may be about their attitudes toward money and saving for the future. Jason Storsley leads a team at RBC that recently polled parents of young adults across the country, asking them how they are managing their finances. And the poll also asked the parents of young adults how well that younger generation is taking care of themselves financially. There were some rather interesting differences in responses from those two groups. Good morning, Jason. Thanks for coming on the show today.
0: My pleasure, Kathy. Thanks for having me.
1: Interesting poll. So tell me just how well are younger adults handling their finances or preparing financially for their future versus maybe how we think they're doing?
0: Yeah, you know, our poll gave us a lot of insights into how young adults think about their finances. And the contrast with their parents' perceptions really did jump out. The first thing youth wanted us to know is that they're more engaged in their finance than their parents think they are. Our poll actually showed that over half of young adults aged 18 to 24 were very or even extremely engaged in their finances. But by contrast, less than half of their parents thought that was the case. We also learned that parents aren't aware of the extent to which the younger generation is saving for the future, beyond just looking at the day-to-day finances. So, for example, one-third of young adults let us know they're saving for a house but less than one-quarter of their parents had any idea this was the case. And what's even more interesting to me was that almost 2 in 10 young adults told us they're already saving for retirement, but 9 in 10 parents weren't aware of it. So some of these gaps might not seem like huge ones, but these kinds of misperceptions really can make for challenging family conversations.
1: Yeah, and finding common ground might be more challenging, you know, in these family conversations. Were there any similarities at all in the financial challenges young adults told you they're facing today compared to what their parents think those challenges are?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And there again, we saw some big generational differences. Young adults told us their biggest challenges today are cost of living, inflation, and saving for a mortgage. But parents, on the other hand, thought the biggest challenges for today's younger generation were finding a job that pays well or finding a job that they like. So a majority of young adults also expect to take on a side hustle or supplement Mm -hmm. their income. But what was mentioned, that was mentioned actually by less than half of parents that were polled. And just over half of young adults think they'll work for themselves or be an entrepreneur at some point. That's way down the scale with parents, where only one-third thought that was the case. So really, this does highlight some large gaps between parents and youth. But perhaps not so surprising is that the majority of young adults told us they often feel stressed about their finances. They feel overwhelmed. They feel they need help. But what's interesting is that nearly two-thirds told us they wish their parents talked to them more about money and finances.
1: Yeah, that's super interesting to me that more of them wish that their parents talked to them about money. Because younger Canadians, to me, are so very strongly connected to social media, yeah, seeking out information and advice that way. But your poll tells us that parents still have a role to play in helping young adults understand their financial options a bit better.
0: Absolutely. That was very clear in our poll that parents still have a huge role to play. One of our poll questions asked where young adults were turning for financial advice, and almost half said their parents. Now, they also rely on a bank or financial advisor, which we were quite happy to hear. (laughs) But, you know, you mentioned social media as well, and that's where young adults do go for financial information. But surprisingly, they did tell us that they go there to a lesser extent than their parents. One quarter actually called out social media, such as TikToks. Friends and other family members rank slightly higher than social media. So overall, what our pool tells us is that there's a valuable opportunity for parents to become involved with their young adults as they figure out their finances, and to get involved even earlier when their children are much younger, to help them better understand their financial options. And, you know, perhaps not surprising, today's young adults want to save for their future. And as parents and grandparents, we all have lessons learned from our past, and we can help them along the way.
1: It's Nice to know they're still listening to us, Jason.
0: (laughs) They are, and looking for it. For me as a parent, it was a bit of an open invitation to talk to my kids. I know that they're looking for some of that interaction and to gain some of that advice from us as parents and grandparents. You know, if I can leave your audience with maybe some suggestions, Mm -hmm. parents and grandparents can begin by opening up more about money to help their children think critically about finances and help them prepare for their future. And if I can add a little bit of a small plug, Mm -hmm. you don't have to do this alone, including an RBC advisor in these conversations can help. They can provide some great professional tips and resources along the way. So you know, for anyone in your audience who's looking for resources to help them, in any financial conversations with younger family members, I can leave you with some links for you to post on your GoToGrandma website. For example, there's a social media video content series called Money in Real Life, which looks at relationships with money and career development through the expertise of popular artists, athletes, and gamers. There's a free personal financial essentials course, which was created through a collaboration by RBC, McGill, and the Globe and Mail. For those interested in investing, there's a risk-free practice account offered by RBC Direct Investing, which is a great place to learn the ropes of online investing, where you use virtual money to practice making trades, and track performance. And then finally, for young adults considering setting up their own side hustle or becoming entrepreneurs, and there are many, there are some great resources on RBC's Future Launch website.
1: Thank you so much for this, Jason. So many great resources. I really, really found this poll results intriguing. Thanks for coming on the show again. And if our listeners want some more information, then of course, can go to rbcroyalbank.com.
0: That's fantastic. Thanks very much for having me, Cassie.
1: What's a seven-letter word for fun and factual person? Well, grandma, of course. I think I should submit that clue to Gwen, or maybe leave it to the professional. I loved having words with these friends on our show today. Thanks to Gwen, Kim, Gail, and Jason for joining me. Next week on Go-to Grandma, I'm so excited to have an old friend of mine on the show. Not that either one of us are old, of course. Bob Cowan recently retired from the anchor chair at CHCH Morning Live, and he's a granddad, and he has great stories about both. I've been a regular guest on this TV show for about 10 years, and I can't wait to catch up with Bob and for once be the one interviewing him. Before last week, I had to watch the hit show Derry Girls with subtitles to understand what they were saying as a group of teens growing up during the Troubles in Northern Ireland. But I was lucky enough to travel to Derry and Belfast last week, and I'm going to share with you what I found out when I got there as reminders of the past and where they are headed for the future. I even got to visit the Titanic Museum. The Titanic was built in Belfast, and as they are fond of saying there, she was fine when she left. With a name like Kathleen, I thought I'd fit right in. You'll find out if I did. Our Take 5 with RBC series continues with a look at their CNIB partner project, Blind Square. I'm Kathy Buckworth. Truthfully, I'm only Kathleen when I'm in trouble with my mom and dad, your go-to grandma, and I'm so glad you dropped in. Enjoy your grand journey.
0: Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter, at Kathy Buckworth, or email her, kathy at kathybuckworth.com.